Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. Dissecting what went wrong for Republicans in the midterm elections is turning into quite a sight nationwide as the finger-pointing and the blame game are taking place all over the place. Kevin McCarthy on the hot seat. Will he be the Speaker of the House? A lot of people, a lot of Republicans don't want him to. Mitch McConnell, will he be the minority leader in the Senate, or will they go a different direction? Josh Hawley from Missouri, making a lot of noise that he believed last Tuesday was the death of the GOP. Of course, GOP stands for Grand Old Party. And in Hawley's perfect world, there will be a brand new Republican Party led by younger, more conservative Republicans that will take it over and potentially be better at messaging, candidate recruitment, getting out the vote efforts, and things of that nature. And that's really where this is now as we're having a post-mortem of the elections. Looks like the Republicans will take control of the House. But I I think the most stunning race of the entire deal now is Carrie Lake has lost in Arizona where she had a several-point lead at the end in all the polling. And we watched an election drag on for a week and basically say within about 10 to 20,000 votes in favor of Katie Hobbs, who was also the secretary of state, who was also basically in charge of the election, in charge of counting the votes, in charge of doing it all. And Republicans in place in Maricopa County that were in charge for the Republican effort that were rhinos that actually contributed to PACs that were against Kerry Lake. It is a messy situation. The party is not unified. Democrats have some of this problem too, but they don't ever seem to have that problem when it comes to the actual election. They're just better at this. And I think one of the things that will take place, I would hope over the next couple of years is, and and I don't think we can call this cheating, there are so many different rules in so many different states. How can Republicans begin to game the system? Use it to their advantage Instead of just sitting back and saying, well, we're patriots, we're Americans, we don't trust the early vote, we're going to go on election day when maybe some people get busy and don't make it, or they say, oh, it's midterms, it's not that important. I mentioned a few times on this podcast that I had some people uh, close to me that it didn't matter, their, their votes wouldn't have mattered, they were in Missouri, so it doesn't make any difference. Missouri won everything the way it was, but it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that early, and then wound up being out of town on election day. We have to get better at this. There's no question we have to get better at this. But we're sitting here looking at something like Arizona, and you, again, we just feel so ripped off. We've, we know this. This is just, we, we know this. If an election doesn't get called on Tuesday, the Democrat is going to win. If it's anything high profile, I'm not talking about a local race. Uh, there were some congressional seats that have you know, turned out to be Republican winners in the days after Election day, but pretty much anything that happened post-election day, something drags on a week, you're dead. Laxalt had the lead the entire time in Nevada until, whoop, he didn't. And then he loses. Remarkable. And it was completely and utterly exhausting watching the governor's race in Arizona where Katie Hobbs was in charge of the election and made her 10 to 20,000 vote lead For seven days. Remarkable. She was able to pull that off. So she had a full week. They got the thing done. They cured these. They didn't cure these. They found these. They didn't find those. We got to get better at the election part. 
There is no federal mandate coming on the way elections will be conducted. States are going to make those decisions themselves. When Republicans get control in states, they need to change the way the voting works. It is absurd. It is, it's, almost, it's almost third world the way we vote over a month of time is complete insanity. Absentee voting, quite simply, absentee voting should be for pretty extreme cases where you can't get there. If you're old, if you're ill, you know, you got a doctor's note, if you serve in the military, if you travel, there are exceptions. We used to do this. We called it absentee valing. Can't, I can't make it on election day, so I applied for this. Here's my reason. Okay. And so people get those. I would have no trouble doing live voting uh, maybe start at Sunday after church, open the polls up for five hours on Sunday, all day on Monday, all day on Tuesday. I got to think most people could make that. We can count as we go and not release them until the polls are closed, but let the counting begin. So again, seven o'clock, or I've suggested, hey, we could do an election night where polls close at Tuesday at seven o'clock and we don't release any information. We just say we're not doing anything until tomorrow in prime time, seven o'clock. We'll tally everything up. We'll release all the information. We're not releasing any information until then. And then let the TV shows do their thing. Just let them go wild. Here's the results. We would all feel better about that. Now, waiting a day is not something anybody wants to do. But if we're going to have this rush at 7 o'clock when the polls close on Tuesday night, and in certain places it's very easy, and in other places we're waiting a week, we're now eight days eight days in, and we don't know who controls the House of Representatives in the United States of America. So there's no question this is crazy. There is nobody, I mean nobody, no chatter, no discussion, no how, no way, anybody on the left wants to change any of this. This is a beautiful system for them. I got a text from a buddy yesterday, and it gave me this idea for the monologue today because we've all been feeling this and to be honest, I haven't been able to, to talk about it much or verbalize it. I've, I've been so disgusted the last few days. I mentioned on Friday, I just had to get away from it, you know, immerse myself in football or something else, because it just feels like a complete and utter scam of a system that we can't win. That's just the way I feel. And so my friend sent this to me. It's a little thing from social media that's circulating. And it says, I don't care if Ron DeSantis is the nominee. I don't care if Donald Trump is the nominee. I don't care if the ghost of George Washington is the nominee. If we have mail-in voting and ballot harvesting, Joe Biden is going to win in 2024. Take it to the bank and cash it. I couldn't agree more. That doddering old guy is going to win again. If we don't figure out how to vote in these crazy systems we have in certain states, this is not everywhere. We don't really have that problem in Kansas or Missouri. We certainly didn't have it in Florida or Ohio. There's a lot of places where they've cleaned it up. We still have a massive problem in Pennsylvania. Do not ignore that. Arizona's a train wreck. We can see that. Georgia's not great. Okay, it's not great. But somehow, Raphael Warnock had a big lead and actually won this thing, although he didn't get 50%. So we're lucky there. We have nothing but an opportunity to get that one because Herschel Walker basically lost. But nobody believes that. I mean, how do you... How do you balance a, a governor like Kemp winning so easily and being announced right away when the polls close with what happened in the Senate race? None of that makes sense. We, we just see things all over the place that make no sense. And it makes you question what we're doing. And I'm not saying that there's cheating and scamming everywhere. 
What I'm telling you is the Democrats are better at this. They, they were so convinced they had all this stuff. One, Biden just gets on a plane and goes on an international trip to embarrass the world, show everybody that either A, American voters are really stupid and keep putting these Democrats in to ruin our country. You know, millions coming across the border, all these other things that are happening. You know what they are. We've chronicled. I'm not going to sit here and list everything. But the main thing is, we're basically committing suicide as a nation here, allowing all these people to come in and not be citizens here. We're just, we're just killing what America is. We are. You have to have an organized legal system of immigration. And if you don't, you don't have a country. We don't have a border. We can't have a country. So either we're just complete fools as an electorate, or B, they've gained the system. They know how to make this work and stay in charge. Either way, we better figure it out. And either way, I have no confidence in Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell, either one. I just don't. Does the party need to go farther to the right? I'm not a political scientist. I don't know. I'd certainly like that. Does that leave some people voting for the other party or staying home because of abortion, which clearly was a problem in this midterm? The abortion issue was clearly a problem. Truth be told, the best thing, in my opinion, the Republican Party can do is find some middle ground on abortion and pass a law. Just cave to the Democrats. It's yours. You win. Let's pass something. Let's pass something we can live with nationally, and that's that, and take it off the ballot. You got to take it off the ballot. And maybe the reason the Democrats never passed a law for 50 years, because they have plenty of opportunities to try to pass an abortion law, Maybe the reason they didn't is they love the issue. They love the struggle. We're down with the struggle. We're Democrats. We're down with the struggle. The man over here is trying to run the country, and we're down with the struggle. Maybe they were right all along. Maybe they have no interest in passing a law. Because what serves their purpose best? The big, scary boogeyman still being out there serves their interest the best. I don't know where it's going. But I know it's changing. This party is changing. Some of the old guard need to be pushed out. I think we all fear that, that Trump is going to make a disaster out of the 24 election and Biden's going to win again now. I, I, they game the system. They know how to win in these swing states by counting votes for a week. They know how to do that. We haven't figured it out. We haven't figured out how to do it. Or we don't have enough people on the ground or enough people in charge in the cities which is where the real problem is. Every single time, it's the major urban area. Democrats control the major urban areas. If you control the major urban areas, you largely control the vote. And that's where the counting goes on and on and on. In this case, it was Maricopa County. On and on and on and count and count and count. Oh, and lo and behold, the lady running as a Democrat is the Secretary of State. She is in charge of the election in charge of overseeing it. She refused to recuse herself from the actual election part. She stayed completely silent for a week and wins by 19,000 votes. Out of what? Four million? How many were there? Millions of votes. You can't make this stuff up. And we've seen an awful lot of this. I'm seeing a recoil here from conservatives saying maybe there's a silver lining to all this. Well, that's a giant maybe. 
the silver lining to all this is, yeah, if it's a wake-up call, the Democrats aren't going to change anything. All right, so they stay the same. They're going to run around and think they won. They will. They believe they won. And so everything's good. And now they're stuck with Biden and Harris again. They really don't have much choice there. And there could maybe be a silver lining if we figure some things out and make some changes. But what if the changes we make are even worse? Is there any kind of a guarantee if the party moves a little bit to the right or a little bit younger or a little more you know, conservative or brand oriented to where we let people know what we stand for? Because in the end, I think a lot of what we did here was just kind of sit back and say, Biden sucks, we're going to win. And it didn't happen at the level everyone thought, although there were we never win the popular vote. There were 5 million more Republican votes in this midterm than Democrat votes, which is just stunning to me that what happened happened. It was a bad year for the Senate because we defended 21. They defended 14. That flips in two years. So there's a lot going on, but we just don't know how the presidential race is going to affect everything in two years. If it's Trump, do we get another 10 million people out there that go anybody but Trump? And then they go pull the lever for Biden because that's, If we're to believe what happened two years ago, that's exactly what happened. There were just a lot of people motivated to go vote against Trump. That that happened a lot. Does that happen again? Maybe. Is he a different Trump? He's cut his hair a little bit. Looks to me like he's lost a few pounds. Does he tone it down a little bit? Does he just act more presidential and remind you of the good things that he did? If he goes out and does that, I think he he would have a chance. But if all he's going to do is just destroy all his Republican opponents and give them nicknames, and belittle them, and knock them down, again, you're just doing more damage for the long term to the party. So I don't know. It's disappointing. We're all really sad and disappointed that this happened. We have an inept president. Have you ever noticed that the guy leaves the country and we don't even care anymore? It used to be the president would go to a summit and it was a big deal. You're like, oh, this is important because China's evil and North Korea's lobbing missiles. And we have all these hotspots in the world in the Middle East. And Russia's got a war with Ukraine. And so here's all this stuff going on. And when Biden goes, you just ignore it. There's no news to watch. He doesn't even know what country he's in. He called Cambodia, Colombia. So he's not sure where he is. He makes mistakes right and left. There's gaffes. He's inept. He's bad at what he's doing. And to be honest, there's more trouble at home. I mean, the world's on fire elsewhere. But there's more trouble at home right now than around the world. And much of the electorate just said they don't care. We don't care. We'll take the status quo of inflation, recession, gas prices, crime, millions of illegals in the country, funding somebody else's war. Sure, sign me up for all that. Really? Because of what? Because you're afraid there's going to be an abortion law? Wow. I mean, mm mm mm. It did. It used to mean something. The president would go on these things and you'd be engaged and you'd care. And now you're just like, if you you and I can't take him seriously, how is Xi Jinping going to take Joe Biden seriously? And do you really think that China or North Korea or Russia or anyone is afraid of something Joe Biden is going to do? Anybody? Does anybody believe that's possible? I certainly do not in any way believe that is possible. The 2022 midterm post-mortem. We got a lot of work to do, folks. We got a lot of work to do. We're getting the house. Uh, we're getting, it's 217 to 205. 
Uh, even the most liberal outlets are now saying that it's, it's a foregone conclusion. We only need one more seat. Out of what? 13 seats left. We need one to control the House, so it's, that's going to happen. We got that, and we'll see what we do with it. Some changes. Some changes need to come. Maybe you need a change in your world. Maybe you don't go to the dentist very often, or maybe you don't really know or like your dentist all that much. For me, for a long time, it was I really didn't know who my dentist was. I just went to this place up close by the house or whatever. Well, it's North Kansas City Dental now. Dr. Bill Bush. This is a really good man, first and foremost. Beyond his excellent dental care and beyond the fact that he's Patrick Mahomes' dentist or dentist to the Chiefs players, he's got a ginormous heart in his Team Smiles program and the work that they do at NKC Dental with Team Smiles, helping kids not just here but all over the country in conjunction with other NFL teams and mostly stadiums, parking lots for stadiums where they set up mobile dentistry clinics year-round for kids who otherwise couldn't afford dental services. That's really cool. And nobody works harder at that than Dr. Bill Bush at nkcdental.com. 360 Document Solutions. Mark Lindquist and his team. Mark was at the event last week, our patron party. It's great chatting with him. He really does great work with companies who have any type of you know, business machines, I guess is the way to look at it, whether it's IT, mailing systems, phone systems, computers, copiers, printers, all kinds of good stuff. Get a complimentary analysis of all your doc technology with 360 Document Solutions. Online at 360documentsolutions.com. Mark has offices all over the state of Kansas and in much of western Missouri, so any business in those places can benefit from 360documentsolutions.com. Advanced Medical Imaging, online at medimageks.com. I have scheduled a physical to see the doctor there coming up in December. I've had a little hip pain, and I'm going to see what happens, whether this is like tendonitis or whether I've got something. And I was, It was barking at me yesterday pretty good, and I thought, well, maybe the doctor will say, you know what, let's just go ahead and run you in the machine and see what you got there in the hip, all in one place. Think about that. Yes, they have a family medical practice right there as well. And perhaps you'd like a new doctor or get a physical and be right there where the image center is, medimageks.com. Why wait for your MRI or CT scan with outside expensive hospital chains? Don't do it. All major insurance is accepted at medimageks.com. And they'd love to schedule your appointment today or tomorrow. Don't forget your heart scan. If you're over 40, it's under 100 bucks. That's out of pocket. Find out what's inside at Advanced Medical Imaging, online at medimageks.com. And, of course, my buddy Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens KC. I've gotten several emails from many of you that have met with Tim. You don't really see the Luke Bryan thing as much as I do. That's what I'm hearing from most people. It's not, it's not exact. He looks a little bit like Luke Bryan. Looks a little bit, I guarantee you, you'll remodel your kitchen better than Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan would be good for the backyard concert after your home is remodeled. But Tim Cross is the guy you want to come remodel your house. He's really that good. One consultation with him, you're going to feel really comfortable and know that you're going to get the job done right for the price he quotes you. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. Oh, boy. Elon Musk cannot stay out of the news. He says he is working ridiculously long days. He sent an email to employees at 2.37 in the morning. Says he gets very little sleep, and he doesn't know why at this point in his life he's bitten off something like this that is going to be so hard to chew. But he's doing it. He spent the money. Once you've spent the money, you might as well dive right into it and make it the best you can. 
One of the things Elon Musk found immediately when getting there was only 12% of employees at the headquarters in San Francisco were coming to work. That ended immediately. That's why he wound up firing half the staff or three quarters of the staff in that building. They're gone and he's hiring new people. And he said, if you would like to sign up to potentially work as much as 16 hours a day in the beginning, we're looking for some good people at Twitter. Now, if I were savvy in these ways and I were 26 years old and single, I would walk to San Francisco and personally meet him on the street as he walks into the building and beg him for a job. I feel like the people that he winds up hiring at Twitter are going to be largely conservative, certainly free speech warriors, very smart people that understand tech, obviously, that will come in for however long, whether it's a year or two, and do nothing but work at Twitter. Put the rest of their life on hold. I'm not suggesting it's for everyone. I'm suggesting that if I was 26 and single, I'd probably do it. I'd give anything to go to work for that man and see where it led me. Because I'm going to guess some really young people are about to get hired at Twitter, and they are going to be millionaires faster than they ever dreamed that he will turn the company around, it will thrive, and those that came in in the beginning that were working 16 hours a day with him, he's going to know and recognize and reward. That is just a hunch. But why wouldn't you try to go work for the richest man in the world? Why wouldn't you try that? I certainly would. So he took to Twitter this week and said, we found all kinds of problems at Twitter, including only 12% of the workforce showing up in San Francisco. Then he said, we've spent $13 million this year on meals. Meals. They have a cafeteria. They have a restaurant there for the employees. The idea behind this with many companies is, hey, if we have a restaurant on site, our employees are here longer every day. Well, then what happened? Then they sent the employees home to goof off and do nothing. So Musk is saying, no, this is done. We're we're done with this program. He said, on average, it has been $400 per meal that there are more cooks. He said, there are more people preparing the food than eating the food. Nobody's here. There's nobody here to eat it. And they're still making the food every day. Like he took this company over and cannot believe the mistakes it was making. That's an easy one. $13 million a year on meals for employees. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could cut that pretty significantly. Even if you set something up down there, that was more like just a little coffee shop with some pastries in it or whatnot, maybe a couple little light sandwiches, and it's half price for employees to where you break even. Sounds reasonable to me, especially in San Francisco where everything's expensive. I don't know. I, I, I just, you see these things with these companies and it's mind-boggling what they do and how they got, how quickly. But just imagine, you've seen what liberals do to the government. Imagine what liberals do to companies that are, that are too good to fail. Like Twitter's too good of an idea, has too many customers, has too much revenue to fail, and they couldn't blow it. They couldn't ruin the company. The question is, how poorly could they operate it? How much could they piss away and just set on fire because the company can't fail? So what I've watched in my career, and as you get older and a little bit wiser, you look back. The one I always use was Daniel Snyder, who owns the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington Redskins. He paid $800 million for the Redskins 20 years ago, maybe. And it was the biggest story in sports that everything 
is gone awry. He can't afford to do that. I think he was a FedEx guy and a whole bunch of money from FedEx. He can't afford that. That's outrageous. He's overpaid. He could go broke. He could be forced to sell the team at a huge loss. And now today, the Redskins are worth over $5 billion. By any measure, an outstanding investment that's a lot more fun than just owning some company where you're counting beans or something. He's got an NFL team. It was an outrageous price. But it wasn't. My guess is this is an outrageous price that Elon Musk has paid for Twitter. But it isn't. Then he'll look back in 20 years and go, wow, Twitter's now worth five times what I paid for it. Absolutely possible. Actually, probable. And you can talk about inflation or things of that nature over time. That certainly is a factor. Time and money are a thing. But I don't think anybody's going to sit here and feel bad for Elon Musk and think he's going under because he bought Twitter. He's clearly committed to making it work, making it better, and making it more profitable. We'll see if he is able to do that. All right, on to sports and an admission by Andy Reid this week that the Chiefs falling victim to the onside kick at the start of the game. This is Andy. This is classic Andy. Andy loves his special teams coach, Dave Tobe. I've received far too many emails about Tobe, and you guys all want him to be fired. He's far too accomplished and too good at what he does to be fired in the middle of a season. Tobe and Andy made a decision earlier this year to break in as they do many years. Every couple of years, they say, let's take our younger players. Let's play them on special teams. We have to teach them how to do this because maybe they didn't do it in college. Dropped a couple of punts this year. We've seen that. They're plugging square pegs in round holes, but there will be a payoff. The expectation is by the end of this season, the Chiefs special teams is outstanding. You should have that expectation. Being caught off guard with an onside kick is a real no-no because almost all kicks go out of the end zone. There's no reason if you're lined up 10 yards away from the ball to start pedaling backwards. There's just not much reason for that. Most of them are touchbacks anyway. But the Chiefs did it to open the game. And the Jags recovered the onside kick. I love the play by Jacksonville. It was terrific. Good for them. Way to go. Andy now, I think partly... I'm, I'm going to believe this story, but I got no specifics on this story. He gave no specifics. And so I guess we will trust that it's true. Andy basically said, look, should never have happened. It was my fault. We won the coin toss and should have deferred. We should have been kicking off. That should have never happened. So I get that he's deflecting away from Dave Tobe. But then he went on to say something really strange, like the Chiefs defer, it's what they do. And then they didn't in this game. He said there was miscommunication. I'm like, who miscommunicated to who when that's basically your standard practice is win the toss, we'll kick off. We'll, we'll defer to the second half, you choose. When you defer your choice to the second half, the other team always takes the ball. So how was their miscommunication on something this simple? I'm not saying it's not possible, and I'm going to go ahead and believe the story. But doesn't it sound like a deflection away from Dave Tobe? That something got goofed up. Clearly, the Chiefs were caught off guard. But what a great game to get caught off guard. The game that you're playing at home against a team you've overmatched, you're going to lead by double digits very quickly and never look back. That's the game you want to have these mistakes. You don't want to have them in January when the Bills are at Arrowhead again. 
That's not when you want to have the problems. So I just thought it was interesting. I, I feel like he was deflecting away from his special teams coach. I just put two and two together. I got so many emails from you. I wasn't happy with it either. I haven't liked the special teams all year. My beef with the special teams isn't Dave Tobe as much as it's Harrison Butker. Sorry. He's got to be the most overpaid player in the league. We love him because he's on our team. We love him because he's butt kicker and he makes the 58 yarders, the 62 yarders or whatever. He makes those. I love that about him. I love his powerful leg. It is an extreme weapon that the Chiefs have to win a game or tie a game with one second left. And it is a, a hugely valuable commodity. But my goodness, he's having a rough go. The injury was self-induced. He didn't get hit. Did that on his own. I know, he slipped and fell, whatever. The injury, the inaccuracy, another missed extra point, which has been a bugaboo for him. That's, that's my biggest special teams beef, is I just want more consistency out of the kicker. I want him to make everything. I'm not, I, I know that, I know it's harder than it looks. I've always known it's harder than it looks. I got a high standard here. You're going to pay the kicker $26 million, whatever his contract is. You make everything. I don't want excuses. This is not some young kicker they're paying, you know, $150,000 above the minimum to. <laughs> this is a really, really, really highly compensated kicker because they think he's special. And he is special when it comes to the long ball. Maybe that's what he is. Maybe he's just a 40 home run guy that strikes out a lot. Harrison Butker. Chiefs have to show up special teams. We all recognize that. I'm in agreement with you. I'm not in agreement with firing Dave Tobe in the middle of the season. You want to reevaluate at the end of the year and say, listen, the guy's had a long career. Maybe we'll get some new blood in here and try some different things. I'm, I'm all ears. But Dave Tobe's been doing a long, long, long time and knows his stuff. And they're breaking in a lot of new people. And we'll reevaluate that at the end of the year. You don't fire this coach in season. Hey, we got a real college basketball game on Tuesday night. How about this? Kansas and Duke, 8.30 from Indianapolis. This is the Champions Classic. And who doesn't get excited for the coaching matchup of John Shire and Norm Roberts? <laughs> oh, come on. It had to be said. We're Last year this time, we're looking at KU and Duke, Bill Self, Mike Krzyzewski. Eh. John Shire is the youngest coach in America at a Power 5 school. He is 35 years old. Norm Roberts is the interim coach for the Kansas Jayhawks as Bill Self continues to be suspended. Here's a crazy, Bill, all the Bill Self stats out there. This, is, this might be the best one. I just read this this morning. Yeah, he's got all the wins. He's got all the league titles. He's got the national championships. He's got all that. This one is absolutely insane. KU has won 13 straight, dating back to last year, heading into this game. So how many times in the Bill Self era have the Jayhawks had a winning streak of 10 or more? In other words, if they win tonight, that's not a new one. They are, this one's already done. Once they hit 10, that's that. They're at 13. They win tonight, that's 14. But that's the same streak. How many times has Bill Self had a 10-game winning streak or more? 17. What? 17 times he's had a 10-game winning streak or more. That's pretty much every year. 
I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, but that's remarkable. That is absolutely remarkable. It is also one of the reasons that, and I, I'm very excited about this game on Tuesday night because I think they'll, I like these preseason games because they just play so hard. It's a little bit sloppy at times. It's not as well coached, but both both teams usually will just like go up and down the floor. Duke has played great defense so far this year. Like they look like they might have the best Duke defensive team ever. And I don't think they want to play as fast as Shashevsky did, but I could be wrong. A lot of times these just turn into McDonald's All-American games. Great athletes, coaches say go play. Let's entertain America. We've seen that before in the Champions Classic, and it's fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to that on this night. And you don't read anything into the season, regardless of what happens with this game. But I love these games. I'm, I'm very interested to watch this. And it's good for college basketball. But it won't say a lot for either one of these teams long-term. Duke has picked second in the ACC behind North Carolina. Uh, Kansas, if you didn't pick them first, you're crazy. They're picked first in the Big 12. Uh, four starters in double figures for Duke, including guard Jeremy Roach. He's really good. They've got 11 newcomers on this team. Roach is back. He's their team captain. He's terrific. They've got a forward named Mark Mitchell, who's from Kansas City, and was Grady Dick's teammate at Sunrise Christian. And they'll be going against each other tonight. Mitchell's off to a good start with the Blue Devils as they are 2-0. and And it looks like Shire wants to play a little more defensive kind of basketball. So we'll see. We'll see what this looks like tonight. KU and Duke, I'm just excited for this game and was was really kind of shocked when I saw that stat. This is the <laughs> this is the 17th time KU has had a 10-game winning streak under Bill Self. Just simply amazing. It is college basketball season. Oh, who wants to go to the World Cup? You know, we got the World Cup coming to Kansas City. We're so excited about this. I mean, I can't wait. I'm barely going to sleep between now and then. World Cup's getting ready to start in Qatar or Qatar, however you want to say it. Q-A-T-A-R, you know the country. They're the home of good stuff like Sharia law. And FIFA thought it'd be a good idea to go to Qatar for the World Cup. And so they're there. And if you're going, pay attention because you don't want to be like Brittany Griner who was playing basketball in Russia and had uh, cannabis oil on her person and has a 10-year jail sentence and she's now in a labor camp and feeble Joe Biden can't get her home. This is another problem. Do you think Brittany Griner would be in jail in Russia right now if Donald Trump were president? I don't. And I don't think there'd be a war in Ukraine. Either one. Neither of those would have happened. Brittany Griner would be home. No war in Ukraine. An American election. Democrats. I can't say it loud enough. From the mountaintop. Democrats cause destruction and bad things everywhere. From our inner cities to labor camp prisons in Russia to a war. It's just death and destruction. It's the Democrat way. You can have the discussion. It's merely an opinion of mine. I'm going to guess that 99% of you agree with me that Brittany Griner would not be in prison and there would be no war in Ukraine right now if Trump had won two years ago. Believe that to be true. Anyway, don't sneak cannabis oil into Qatar. You'd be in trouble there too. Here's your list that they've put out. This is the this is from the United Kingdom. This is their travel bureau warning all citizens of the UK that are traveling to Qatar for football to not carry in with them any drugs or alcohol. Seems obvious. 
Oh, but don't bring in any porn. That'll get you in jail. Don't bring any Jack Link's jerky in or the jerky sticks. If they have pork in them, you could be jailed. If you have a beef, uh, not a beef stick, a sausage stick, I travel with those. Those are good snacks on airplanes. Some of them are not all beef. If it has pork in it, jail time. Do not bring any religious material in. Don't even think about it. There will be no gay pride flags or LGBTQ anywhere, or we'll arrest you and jail you. FIFA is making us sell beer only in designated areas. It is prohibited elsewhere. I think that's a sponsorship agreement with FIFA. There's a beer sponsor, I believe. They're not real excited about that in Qatar, but that's a concession. So you will be able to go get a beer apparently in a designated area. I hate to think what that is. Swearing and rude gestures. Okay, swearing out loud or rude gestures can get you jailed or deported. There will be no kissing. You are not allowed to wear shorts. And all women must be fully clothed around their shoulders, chest, arms, fully covered. Got it all? It's the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Drugs, alcohol, porn, pork, religious books, gay pride flags, beer, swearing, rude gestures, no kissing, can't wear shorts, and all women must be covered up. <sighs> Nothing gets you excited for soccer like that. Cutter, Sharia law. KKHI is brought to you by Amazing Garage Floors, online at amazinggaragefloors.net. I was working in my garage a little bit last evening. I went and got a new snowblower. And I was really worried about how hard it was going to be to, to assemble. It comes in a big box, and you're like, okay, what's this going to be like? It was the easiest single thing I've ever done. Now, I don't need it because it didn't pile up on the concrete, but I was getting it anyway in about a month, and I thought, well, they say snow, so let's go get this thing just in case. So I have that now, but I was like working in my garage. I'm not a real work-in-my-garage kind of guy. I love my amazing garage floor. I love my uh, wall-hanging system from Banner Garage. They put that up. They're actually coming to put a couple more racks in. In a couple weeks, I'm going to do some ceiling racks to keep my Christmas trees up there and out of the way. So that's going to be nice. There's really cool things you can do with your garage, but it was pretty warm in my garage yesterday because it's been warm. So the concrete was still kind of warm. I closed the garage doors, had the lights on in there, put some tunes on. My music sounds really good in the garage. It really does sound really good in there and uh, assembled that. And it didn't take as long as I wanted it to. I wanted it to take longer because the music was good and I was enjoying my garage time. I'm a beautiful floor from AmazingGarageFloors.net. Joslyn's Jewelry, guys, it is the holiday season. Joslyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. You know she wants something that sparkles. A couple of ways to do it. You can sneak in there on your own at any time. They're non-commissioned sales reps. It's pretty much a family operation. Ask for Cameron when you go in there and say, hey, Cameron, I'm here to shop. And he'll help you find just exactly what you're looking for for the love of your life. Or if you want to take her in, and pick something else out, which sometimes we want to do with our spouses. We've been married a long time. Let's get exactly what she wants. They'll clean her jewelry while you're there. They'll take great care of you at Jocelyn's. Take her in with you. It's okay. 95th and Antioch or online at Jocelyn'sJewelry.com. The jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. And, of course, Dr. Jeremy and his team at Fry Orthodontics with 13 locations around the Kansas City area. Fry Orthodontics. They just treat you better. Their patient care is 
remarkable. And they're really good with youngsters. I know this because we experienced this with Abby when she was probably 13. Oh, my God, how the years fly by. She's got a beautiful smile. Abby's got a beautiful smile for life. It's an investment that lasts a lifetime. I'm so happy that we chose Fry Orthodontics way back when. And, you know, you kind of bemoan some of this stuff as a parent. You go, oh, God, I can't believe what this guy got to go do this. It's the greatest thing you can do for your kid. Guess what? A few years later, you don't miss the money. Come on. It's not that important. It's your child. Get them in there to Fry Orthodontics. Give your child that beautiful smile for life. Online at fryorthodontics.com. Oh, did you see this at the uh, Golden State Warriors game on Monday night? Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And he's good. And the Niners are like uh, K-State this year. When their starting quarterback got hurt, they got better. So the Niners have that in common, and they're playing great, and I think they're going to win the division. And I thought since the second Trey Lance got hurt that the Niners were going to win that division. And it looks good. And Jimmy G is, by all accounts, ask most women that watch football, the sexiest man in the National Football League. They love him. And they even looked the other way that for a year or a year and a half, his girlfriend was a porn star. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Jimmy G's adorable. He's got all this money, and they win all these games. So he's the quarterback of the team. And what does the quarterback of the team do? Well, he does a little team building. He takes Christian McCaffrey. He takes George Kittle. And he takes Kyle Juszczyk and says, let's go to the Warriors game. I got four courtside, baby. So they're all there courtside. And Garoppolo is second from the left. So the four of them are sitting there. And at one point during a timeout, the cheerleaders did their thing. And as they went off the floor, every single cheerleader walked over to either shake the hand or kiss Jimmy Garoppolo. Nothing of the other three guys who ain't chopped liver. Christian McCaffrey's got more money than all of them, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and they're all sitting there, handsome, studly dudes playing in the NFL. Oh, no. Every single cheerleader went right over to Garoppolo, and he's got this smile on his face like, I... It must happen to him everywhere he goes. Like everywhere he goes, it must just be one woman after another coming up to hug him or whatever. And then as the last cheerleader goes through, George Kittle, who's sitting right next to him, does the old bow down thing. Like, you are great. You know, with the arms like, oh, I am not worthy of being in your company, your, your greatness, your royal highness. This is unbelievable. Yeah, you, Yes, it means exactly what you think. Take your pick, Jimmy. There they are. There's the cheerleaders. We assume most of them are single. I don't know. Wow. It was pretty funny. And he really didn't look embarrassed. I think that's my takeaway from this. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look embarrassed. It looked like, yeah, this is pretty much what it is for me. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. That's classic stuff. Oh, Jay Leno was in the hospital this weekend. He was working in his garage where he stores cars. Leno's a car guy, car freak. And one of them burst into flames. This was a gas fire of some sort. So some spark, some gasoline caught fire. And there was like a fiery explosion that burned the left side of his face. And he was taken to the hospital. He's canceled all events. He's going to be fine. I think his body was covered up. Maybe I, whether what he was wearing was flame retardant or whatever, I don't know. It sounds like the left side of his face got some pretty severe burns. It did not burn anything inside his eye or inside his ear, but he's having some work done, it sounds like, from a car fire in his garage where he stores cars. Man, that guy loves cars. 
I'm still trying to figure out how a car bursts into flames like that. Were they doing something? Were they handling something? Were they moving some gasoline? I, it doesn't, it just doesn't sound particularly normal, especially from people who know cars and he knows cars and it's his absolute passion. We wish him the very, very best. He had to cancel the next month or two's worth of engagements that he had. He does a lot of corporate speaking and I think he still does a little stand up here and there. So he's canceled those off. Now, maybe he had Uncle Chen over to work on a car with him. You folks know who Uncle Chen is? It's not his real name. Uncle Chen is a man in China. He is 50 years old. He is a social media megastar in China. Uncle Chen. Now, why would a 50-year-old be a social media star? Normally, this is a 22-year-old like Jackson Mahomes trying to become famous for giving tours of his apartment in the suburbs. Ugh. <sighs> Uncle Chen is famous because you've never seen anything like Uncle Chen. Uncle Chen just completed a marathon in three hours and 28 minutes in China. He's skinny as a rail. He's 50. It's no world record for a 50-year-old, but that's pretty good running. He runs in them a lot. He is an internet sensation in China because Uncle Chen is a chain smoker. Like a chain smoker, like not, not like just like a pack a day. Like he finishes one and can't go another minute or two without starting another one. Like one to the next, to the next, to the next. He does it the entire time he's running the marathon. He keeps a lighter and a couple of packs of cigarettes in his pockets while he runs. And as he's running in the marathon, he is chain smoking. It is the strangest thing you've ever seen. And he's not a showboat. He doesn't do it for effect. I don't even know that he likes the attention. But he, here's what he likes. He likes two things. He likes running marathons and he really likes smoking. Dude gets a chance to do both things at once. How good is that? I love my nicotine and I love my running. I'm addicted to both. Watch me go. Woo. There's no rule. In China, apparently, in the marathons, you can't smoke while you run. And he does it. And it is a sight to behold. So is a Finch pocket knife, guys. This is the one I, I keep talking about here on the podcast. This is a wonderful gift idea. Ladies listening, this is what your husband wants. He wants a Finch knife for Christmas. I talk about him taking you to Joslin's. He wants a pocket knife from the Finch Knife Company. I'm partial to the Cherry Bomb. I've loved it since the very beginning, but they've got multiple collections of different pocket knives that are absolutely gorgeous online at finchknifeco.com. Or if you're going to Shields anytime during this holiday season, don't forget to check out the Ronald Reagan statue right outside of Shields. Read it. Have your children or grandchildren read it. Then go into Shields and know you're at a conservative business and get yourself a Finch pocket knife from another conservative business or online at finchknifeco.com. Thank you so much for hitting the like, follow, or subscribe button and telling your friends about the podcast. We're just really excited that so many of you have done that. Greatly appreciate it. We're, what, about 24, 25,000 followers to the podcast each day now. That's just great. Thank you for spreading the word, letting people know, and have them hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free to do that. And it helps a great, great deal. Thank you so much for that. And thank you, as always, for considering our sponsors for the opportunity to earn your business. We would never say, hey, go spend your money with these people just because. 
Give them all the opportunity to earn your business. If you like their products and services, you're definitely going to like them as people. They're great American patriots. They're all listed at the KK List, online at thekklist.com. They're all in one place, thekklist.com, thekklist.com. They're all right there. If you want to support a great conservative business, Check them out at thekklist.com this holiday season. And we sure could use more businesses on the KK list. I had a guy yesterday say, hey, I don't see a plumber on here. There's no plumber on there. You want to be the plumber on the KK list? (laughs) Yes, you do. Get a hold of me. Go to thekklist.com. Click on join the list. Become the plumber on the list. We're turning business away. I got people contacting me saying, hey, you have this? No, we don't have that yet. I don't have this. I don't have that. Go there and see if, the, if your business is there. We don't have mostly home, like home services. All these different home services. Window cleaning. No, don't have anything. Anything home services will go bafo. So go to the kklist.com, click on join the list, and you'll be dealing with my better half, Miss Jessica, and she'll get you on that list. Pronto. Pronto on the list. The kklist.com. Mostly thanks for listening to the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Right here from all of us. It's me and Jessica in Cabo at KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated.